I was wrong. <laughs> yes, got it. <laughs> Do Hi, I'm John. I'm Robin. This is Rangers of the Midwest Podcast. 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 Woo! Let's go. You guys are in for a real treat today. Yeah, this is going to be a Trash Panda-y podcast. So the the main main overall of this one, because we're going to have something about squirrels, we're going to have something about raccoons, but the main thing you need to understand here is wild animals and also why you shouldn't be in contact with them, <laughs> to say the least. So before I start all of this, actually, I have something more embarrassing to say that's unrelated to this wild animal podcast. Oh. So I was doing a... Plot uh, twist. Plot twist. Yeah, this is a quick one. Just a quick two-minute story. Uh, I'm going to say summarize. Always try to be aware of your surroundings and try to take in what you can before you do things that you normally would do to do your job. Uh, the reference is here. I was walking up to an area in this Midwest park where you're not allowed to have people come in. And uh, there was a van parked at this place they called The Residence. So the first thing I said, well, I don't know why they're here and their car's on, but they need to go. We got to get them out of our area. So I go up to the window. I didn't, I didn't, I beeline to the window. I didn't even think about what I was doing. I didn't check anything first. And I knock on the window. The woman rolls down the window and she says, I'm so sorry. And I said, it's okay. I just need you to move your car. And right when I said that, I realized why she was actually sorry. It wasn't because the car was there. It's because she was feeding her baby, um, not with a bottle. If you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, so I took that in real quick, and then I took two steps back, and I said, I'm sorry as well. Don't worry, I'm not looking at anything. Um, um She's like, yeah, my husband's just up there taking some uh, engagement photos. I'm like, okay, just move as soon as you can, thanks. And I just backed off from that car because, in summary, sometimes you just have to take in a situation, maybe observe from a distance. That's what they teach us when they train us in academies. Um, assess the situation before you approach. I went straight to get out of here and I should have been like, what's going on in that car? Oh, maybe I shouldn't approach. Yeah. Well, usually it's people that are lost and don't know where to park, where the beach is. So yeah. just, that's just what you assume was a, that same type of a person. <laughs> There's like a 95, <laughs> a 95% chance that someone lost. In this case, I got hit with the 5% for the first time and the whole time I've been in Midwest. Now, next time you're going to go up to someone that's parked there, you're going to slowly kind of like peek in. <laughs> Is everything okay in there? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm approaching. <laughs> Please. <laughs> anyway. Cover your tent. So, yeah, she kind of did. Never mind. We'll go past that now. Go ahead and tell uh, your first Trash panda. Story. Trash yes. pandas. Okay, so... This was this pet this last summer, not this summer, this last summer. And I was actually with Ranger John and we were doing a patrol up through our beach and we saw a car parked <clears throat> like in one of our exit lanes and we were like, "Oh, I wonder why that guy's parked there." And his door was wide, like his driver's side door was wide open and he was just kind of sitting there with his legs out and Suspicious. he was he was on the phone. But anyways, we we drove up and we were like, dude, you can't park here. Um, and he's like, well, I'm trying to help this raccoon. Um, and we're like, what raccoon? 
<laughs> raccoons? There's nowhere <laughs> and, a raccoon um, could be here. <laughs> this guy was on some type of drug the whole time. We could just tell by the way he was talking to us, the way he was just wearing sunglasses. Like, I couldn't imagine what his eyes looked like. <laughs> but anyways, he just kind of sat there, and we were like, okay. So we, like, go up into the... Oh, no. First, we were like, okay, raccoon. So we went up to our headquarters building. We grabbed a live trap, a broom. Ranger John got some welding gloves. We came back, and we walked up through the dune looking for this raccoon. I swear, 20 minutes goes by. We're like, there's no raccoon. This guy is crazy. Like, nowhere they could be. So we go back to him. He's still sitting there after we told him to move, and there's parking spots right by him. (laughs) But anyways, he's like, we're like, dude, we don't see this raccoon. And then all of a sudden, we walk up, and there's that raccoon. He's, like, right by us in the beach grass. (laughs) So we... Go up there, um, I put the live trap down, <laughs> Ranger John sweeps him into the live trap, because he's got the gloves on in case things go south, yeah. and this raccoon obviously is not good to go, like he's, there's something wrong with him, like maybe he's dehydrated, maybe he's got some type of disease, I don't yeah. know, he wasn't foaming at the mouth or anything, but, so we took him up to our headquarters building, and, um, put him in the back of a golf cart, I'm pretty sure, like in the live trap. And we were like, well, maybe we should feed him or give him water and maybe, because maybe he just like needs that. Yeah. So we went into the fridge and grabbed some like turkey lunch meat. <laughs> we <feeding laughs> him turkey lunch meat and um, he, he was eating it. So he was like, okay to eat. So we're like, okay, like we don't have to worry about calling animal rescue then because he's fine. So yeah. we took him out into the woods behind our headquarters building and let him go and we left a couple pieces of turkey with him and we were like okay that's that anyways later on in the day that raccoon is like lurking around our employee parking lot (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to say this i made mistake number one on this case besides the fact that i gave him turkey with no nitrates i did give him turkey nonetheless and trash pandas the way they work is food Mm -hmm. present here yeah he just wanted more turkey Yep. So, yeah, we had to relocate him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to no surprise. <laughs> so, I guess to, to add to that story, though, I don't think we've seen him since. No, I, so, I never saw him again. So we either did good putting him in a further distance or he's somewhere else uh, away from us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got a story. Um it's basically an add-on of a similar type of story and then a continuation of... Anyway, okay, so the previous park I used to work at, um, there was a serious problem with trash pandas. And in case you, you just skipped to this part of the story, we're talking about raccoons. Um, they basically, since the time that I worked at that park, which was about four years, they became more generations of these pandas. So it went from... First generation, there was maybe like nine or ten for an entire campground. And then the next generation, two two days or two years later, it went up to like 25, 26. And more cases became prevalent. People were like, oh, someone got it and stole all my food last night. And it really wasn't a steal of food uh, from anyone, any person per se, but it actually was the trash pandas pulling out everything. Because they have hands, they can open coolers. They can tear open bags. I've seen it happen, uh, which I'll say briefly. I would like to see a, a raccoon <laughs> open a chip bag. It's weird. It's like pop it open. Their fingers don't really bend, but they can use their hands like humans, basically, without the bendy fingers. So I watched him like 
He, one pried open this cooler while I was talking to this group when it reached the third generation of raccoons. I'm assuming there's like 35, 40 raccoons scattered amongst the campers. By the third generation, they smart. Oh, yeah. They don't even care anymore. They're so domesticated. They're like, hey, what's up, guys? You got a cooler? Yeah. What you got in the cooler? I'm just going to walk up while you guys are talking. No problem. This this is my story right here about that. I was dealing with the possession of alcohol on a, on a, a campsite. And while I was talking to the people, I'm flashing their coolers. I, one of the... <laughs> the raccoons walk up to the same cooler I'm in and he grabs the turkey or whatever, some meat that was in there and just walks off with it. I'm like, <laughs> what in the world just happened? This, this raccoon is so brave. It just took the same cooler just I'm in. He walked right up here took it. He just grabbed it. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> what a guy. So if I will mention this as well, we're not allowed to really do too much with raccoons we can't make them leave the campground and we're not going to hurt them because they're nature so unless we get a permit to to move raccoons they're going to be an unfortunate issue so i will continue with this make sure that you secure your food if you're in an area that has any sort of brush or an area where an animal can live because they can they can open just about anything the only time i've ever seen a raccoon not capable of doing something is if a dumpster gets dumped, they think they're going into a dumpster and it's too tall for them to get out of because they can't jump, then they'll get stuck in a dumpster. Yeah, and then we'll usually have to put a picnic table board in there so they can crawl yeah, out. Give them a way to crawl out, but not while we're there because they don't like us. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's the story now, <laughs> now that I've given all of that information. There was a headquarters building we had that had three <laughs> garage bays. Um, at night, we knew this was already happening with the second generation. But the mother of the third generation uh, raccoons, when we were gone, would go inside, either through our door or garage, and they would dig through our trashes inside of our headquarters. They'd get, our food, get their food, and whenever we'd pull up, the mother knew the plan. Evacuation now. We're gone. And the mother would take off. Well, the first or second day that they taught the kids how to do this. The fourth generation. The fourth generation is in there. They're digging and stuff. Mother says, time to evacuate. The kids go, where'd mom go? And so the raccoons are just sitting in there, and I'm looking at these little baby raccoons. They're cute and all and stuff like that, but they're panicked. They take off to all edges of our tool rooms inside this place. So we go, I know they're still in there. We're going to get them out of here. We got them. So we start to look around, and I watched where one ran under, which was under a giant tool chest. Uh, I look back there on the pegboard, and there is a raccoon. Got his fingers and its feet up in the side there, off the ground though, so I couldn't see it if I looked underneath. And he's kind of looking at me like, you don't see me, you don't see me, don't look at me. And I'm like, oh bro, you gotta get out of here. You can't be here. And he's kind of looking at me and then looking forward and pretending like he can't see me. Mm -hmm. I can't see him, he can't see me. And I'm like, okay, we gotta get him out. So we opened all three of the garage doors. And I have one ranger, he's taking a broom and he's trying to like lightly pet him that way. And I have my broom because I'm like, just in case I have to get him out of here, I'll shoo him the same way. So it takes like, I'd say three or four attempts, over 20, 30 minutes. I even recorded a bit of it just trying to get them to move. We get the one to get close to the edge, literally on the right side of the garage. All he has to do is go forward. We get him to push him out the backside. For some reason, this baby raccoon decides I'm running to the other end of the room directly at this ranger's feet. So I see this raccoon coming at me and I go into primal instinct and I'm like, this guy is not climbing my leg. He's not hurting me. No, I no, know no. raccoons bite hard. I've already been bit once. And so I did what came first to my brain. And now I have a broom. Um, I'm not the greatest at hockey, but I sure was getting into hockey at the time. So I have a bristle broom 
It's uh, soft enough, but hard enough to where I'll be able to, if I wanted to, throw a puck, for example. Now, in hockey, they call it a sauce pass. When you get it just off the ground and just enough to where it's going to fly and then spin and slide to the other person on the ground. So I, uh, I had this raccoon run at me full force. I don't know why me, but the first thing I thought to do is I'm going to sauce pass this guy out of the garage. He's going to make it back to his parents. <laughs> so I got my knee into it, turned my body, and whoop, I flipped this raccoon. <laughs> out. It goes about, does a 720 in the air, lands outside of the garage, and takes off. So, <laughs> here's the good news. As bad as I felt at the time, the raccoon was fine. It took off to its parents. And the next day, we saw the same three raccoons trying to get into our garage. So, I did not hurt the raccoon, but it's just something that deserved to be mentioned that uh, we found a way to relocate raccoons without a live trap. I wonder if they, like, could open your fridge, too, inside oh, there. That would be some sketchy stuff right there. Just kind of peel it open, like, yeah. <laughs> if we probably stole a little bit of juice coming out of the bottom of the fridge, they would know it's in there. They would easily probably tear it open. Or open the freezer and get the freeze pops. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a raccoon eating a freeze pop. Oh, gosh. That's a good story. So those are two. I think we had a couple run-ins with squirrels, too. Oh, no. Wait. You have one with Ranger Jacob, don't you? Oh, yeah. With Ranger Jacob. So, there was two different instances. Ranger Jacob wasn't with me with the for the first instance, but the second one he was. And it was the same baby raccoons. There was three of them. So, the first instance, got a call on the radio. There's baby raccoons on a site. I get down there. The baby raccoons are underneath this person's tent, between, like, the tarp and the tent. And you can see them from in the tent, like, kind of wiggling around, crawling <laughs> around. And... I, I was like, okay, well, let's get them out of here. So I just kind of like pushed, tried to push them out. And they just went running up the tree, like out of our reach. We couldn't even get to them. They just full zoomed right up there. So I was like, okay, well, sorry, we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, later on that day, we got a call again about the baby raccoons. Because, I mean, they're in the campground. They're going to be probably just like causing a menace. It's like, where's their mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... They were farther down, like on the fence line over by our, our exit road from our headquarters building. So me and Ranger Jacob kind of like follow them out um, up to like a tree by our headquarters building. And they flew up the tree and Ranger Jacob's like, this is it. We need to get these raccoons. Like we need to relocate them. So he goes up the tree after these raccoons. <laughs> Talk about going up, up and beyond. <laughs> He's like, I'm getting these raccoons. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and they just took off up there. There was no way. He was, like, up the tree. He couldn't get up to him, so he ended up coming back down. We kind of waited a little bit, but they never came back down. So I, I never dealt with those raccoons again, though. Like, I don't remember dealing with them, so maybe that was, like, it for them. They were like, all right, they actually chased us up the tree. We won't come back. <laughs> they can climb trees, too? <laughs> we're done with this. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a yeah, that's a rough one too. But I was thinking, like, what was he gonna do if he got them? Yeah. <laughs> was he gonna just like grab them and stick them in his pocket? <laughs> got one. His cargo pants. Once you put them in the pocket, they surrender themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! I understand the frustration though. He probably just wanted to be done with them I after know, like three calls. I was sick of them too at that point. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if we didn't have to worry about them again, that saved the relocation. <laughs> So I got one 
that actually I remember I, we did we both dealt with this. There was a, a baby squirrel was reported. Oh yeah, we were both there for that. Extra friendly, so drove a golf cart down there and no joke, this squirrel I swear it was basically like someone's pet before they even got to the parks because. It was just climbing up kids' legs, hanging out, just chilling on their hands and stuff. Yeah, he was, like, crawling up these kids, jumping on one kid to the other, and they kept feeding him snacks, yeah. and the parents were letting him, and the parent was, the dad was a cop, just, like, on vacation with his family. Yeah. Which I understand getting closer to nature, but it's the same thing that I managed to do with the raccoon. Yeah. Once you feed them, they're basically your pet. If you choose not to take a squirrel as wild as they are... We do have to figure out a way to keep them with nature. And nature is much more uh, instinctive than it comes to us giving them food from our hands. Yeah, and like that baby raccoon, if we would have left it in the campground, it would have just like, it would have done that to everyone in yeah. the campground. It would have started making a home there. Yeah. I mean, it knows there's food. So well, when, when I remember um, when we went down there. I went up into one of our bathroom buildings to get a box, and then you were <laughs> left alone with it. Oh, man. That was a scenario right there. I would say, besides like the five or six kids that kept just like, oh, wow, check out the squirrel. I'm like, kids, please uh, stop. Please stop. Tell your parents also the same thing. You want to leave the squirrel alone? We're going to relocate it. we got to move it somewhere else. And That squirrel, I remember just trying to keep track with it. It started following everyone, the kids, the people, like trying to climb up their body and up and sit on their shoulder or whatever. Like it wasn't exactly peaceful, but it definitely just wanted to hang out. With yeah. The I think he was trying to, or she, whatever the squirrel was, was trying yeah. to claim someone as mom. Yeah, exactly. Someone imprinted on them. That mm -hmm. was a human. And so all humans were that case were mom. So, um, yeah, I mean, after I got the squirrel in my hand, I'm like, okay, I can just hold the squirrel until we get to the box until it bit me in the finger, which also <laughs> proves the wildness that it comes to being animals. He thought my finger was a nut, I guess. Wasn't it hard for us to get it in the box? It was. Yeah. Once we got it in the box and we got uh, got the breathing air and stuff like that, um, it became a lot easier to deal with that. But then letting everyone know not to go after the squirrels, would that was the first attempt was actually just to keep the squirrel there but get everyone to stay away from the squirrel and let it live nature. But that squirrel was way too domesticated at that point. Yeah. So easy call for the relocation. Yeah, just so everyone knows, like, the squirrel is probably fine. We just relocated way away from the campground. Yeah. <laughs> just somewhere where it's not going to be as imprinted towards humans. And yeah. Hopefully there was still a chance for the squirrel to find other squirrels or something similar and mm -hmm. to adapt that way. Um, and then, same instance, there was the two baby squirrels that were found that fell out of a tree. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. No. They were very little. They like were baby way babies. babies. Yeah. That one was uh, a little harder to check into. I did call some animal experts that day, and they said the best thing we can do is leave nature to nature. Yeah. We had to relocate them in an area where you know there were other squirrels. Mm -hmm. So just kind of set out a box for the for the night. We gave them some of the, the acorns that we found around the area and just relocated them uh, deep in the woods behind the headquarters. And the next day we looked and they were gone. So it's like, well, hopefully they're... Yeah. I mean, what else could we have yeah. done? According to, to most rehab experts, since there was no damage, um, and they were over a certain age based off of how we described them, that that's just what we have to do. Mm -hmm. they've, they've already figured out at that point how to survive in the wild. But unfortunately, they were just unable to reach where their mother's nest used to be inside the tree. So... 
I remember it was hard for me to sleep that night because I was worrying about those little babies. Yeah. That's one thing that it comes down to, too. The reason we got into our job is because we do love nature. Yeah. We don't feel good about having to relocate animals. And we would love just no. to, to have the animals and hold them around and stuff just as much as the next person. But uh, it is our job to make sure that nature stays safe from the people and the people are safe from nature. Didn't the, those baby squirrels, didn't their nest fall out of the tree? Yeah. Yeah, so it was on the ground. Yeah, it was a really windy day the day before. Yeah. And then they That's they didn't sad. know anything better but the nest. So mm-hmm. what we did is we actually put the nest inside that box and put it out over there. So they managed to find either their way back home or they found uh, another way back up the trees in that, that mm-hmm. area. Because they weren't present. And there was no form of like uh, na- naturally tracks of fighting or anything so yeah and they were okay too because we kind of thought well they fell what like 20 feet yeah they were they seemed okay they were crawling around everywhere yep no injuries they just didn't know where to go yeah so hopefully they figured out once it came time it's a real hard way to grow up real fast but uh, nature's nature yeah and a lot of people get upset about it but it's like you know you're camping in nature yeah <laughs> it's gonna be nature that's why you're at a campground right yeah. you're trying to experience nature you're trying to get away from homeland mm-hmm. uh urban areas right that's the correct term so anyway yeah that's uh that's all my stories do you have any more stories to add on for wild animals not really not really i mean i'm sure i have more there's been a lot of we have a lot of deer stories too i was seeing deer yeah, well, in, in this Midwestern area, it's, we're always loaded with deer. Yeah. Uh, there's, I don't have too many stories to follow up that'll be any any longer than 10 seconds. But, um, yeah, deer is a common thing that we have seen around the areas as well. Do you have a story to follow up with that? Not really. Not really. I won't go into detail just on it. Just some deer running around. Yeah. If I would say a lot of these podcasts are just pretty raw in the first place. We come up with the stories while we're just talking about them. But I think it's important that we keep them between 20 and 30 minutes anyway. Yeah. No yeah. point in trying to yeah. force. We don't want to be too long because we don't want to be boring. Yeah. We're not trying to force stories. We want them to be interesting. We talk a little bit about it before we get started. So. Yeah. We don't really prepare. <laughs> we did not know we were talking about raccoons today. Not at all. <laughs> that's that's what makes the story so great, I think, as well. Because yeah. it's all coming straight from, from the mouth of the, the ranger. Yeah. And seriously, no one's giving us any feedback. Like, we, <laughs> someone give us some ideas, please. Yeah. So, again, uh, in the last episode, I talked about the, that's the first episode going to Spotify. This episode will be the second one also going to Spotify. Just so you know, this will be on Spotify, iTunes, and this will also be on our host, podbean.com. If you want to find us, please put any comments and let us know what you think of these. Podbean.com slash R-O-M-W. Rangers of the Midwest. Rangers of the Midwest. We would love to hear more. You, If there's something you want to hear either ranger or not, you're just a civilian, you just want to hear more about something we're doing, please tell us. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about, well, not, we won't talk about anything, yeah. but we'll talk about most things. <laughs> we try to keep it mostly educational, but yeah. also interesting. Just, just let us know. We'll give you what we have. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm John. And I'm Robin. This is Rangers of the Midwest Podcast. Thanks for listening. That was good.